Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast where all we do is talk shift. My belief is that when we feel stuck, we have to shift. And that process has to begin with our thinking. A shift in our outer world must start with a shift in our inner world. And that, my friends, is the antidote to feeling stuck. It all begins in our minds with a shift in our thinking. And this is why I love talking with other people who are also deep thinkers and coaches, they're therapists, authors, and and others who are just using their voices and their experiences and their expertise to help people get unstuck and create their version of an awesome life. Today, I'm going to talk about one of the six human needs. And I think probably at some point I can entice my producer, TJ, to jump in and uh, contribute, which is what today's topic is all about, contribution. Human needs psychology tells us that all of us have basic needs. And they're not merely desires, but they're deep-seated needs that are the basis and motivation of the choices that we make and our behavior. And these needs are responsible for our habits, our growth, and the changes that we make. There are six of these human needs, and everyone everywhere experiences them and seeks to fulfill the same six needs. Now, many of us find similar ways, the same ways of fulfilling these needs, but we also find our own unique and different ways to satisfy them. Each of the six needs can be met in ways that are positive or negative. We refer to these ways as vehicles. So some of the vehicles that we choose to satisfy our needs are really good for us and they're good for other people. They can even be good on a large scale, like for our community or society or even the world. But on the flip side, some of the vehicles that we choose or that some really misguided souls choose uh, to get their needs met or our needs met, are they're not so good for us. They can even be harmful um, and devastating for ourselves or for others. I first learned about the six human needs 10 years ago when I was in Tony Robbins Life Coach training program, and they completely changed my understanding of people's behavior and what motivates them to do the things they do. It's really interesting when you learn about them, how you can start to um, just have a greater understanding of people that you know, you know, family or people you work with, close friends, and you can actually figure out why maybe they they habitually do some of the things that they do. Um, they always fall under one of the categories of, of a need that they're fulfilling in a certain or particular way. It's very interesting. But um, today, I'm going to tell you what each of the six human needs are, but then I'm just going to focus on one of them. So the first four needs are certainty. The next one is uncertainty, which can also be referred to as variety. The third one is significance. And the fourth one is love, which can also be the same as connection. Now, these first four are considered to be like the fundamental needs of the personality. 
and we all have to feel like we're fulfilling them to some degree. The last two needs are growth and contribution. Now, these two are considered to be the needs of the spirit or the soul, and they are really essential for lasting fulfillment. And the need that I want to talk about today is the very last one, contribution. But I promise we'll tackle the other five in future, future podcasts. Now, contribution means to give attention and support to someone or something beyond ourselves, right? It's the, it's the act of focusing beyond our own needs and to give in some way to others. It really is in our nature as humans to want to give, to give back, to help out, and even to feel like we're leaving a mark on the world in some way, even if it's what seems like a teeny tiny degree. Not only can everyone contribute in some way, but contribution is vital to feeling truly fulfilled. And feeling fulfilled is really essential to lasting happiness. So when we're not making any kind of contribution to someone or some cause beyond ourselves, it's not unusual for us to experience a sense of, almost like a sense of incompleteness or like something is missing. So you could feel pretty good most of the time. You could have everything that you that you could possibly need and, and you have a lot of things that you want. But if you're not contributing on some level, there is oftentimes that, that feeling somewhere inside of you like something's missing. That's probably just the most simple way to say it. So the positive vehicles we can use to satisfy the need for contribution are pretty obvious. And, you know, they're vehicles that they help out without doing any harm. But then there are, there are times where we can choose negative vehicles. And those negative vehicles can be really harmful. In fact, if you're a really misguided soul, you can be choosing a negative vehicle um, with the sort of misguided notion that you're contributing, but it's really, um, it's really harmful to everyone. So like an example of what I'm talking about, this is kind of an extreme example, but it'll drive the point home. So one could contribute by helping to build up a community, or one could contribute by decimating thousands or millions of people thinking in their in their distorted perspective that they're contributing to building their idea of a better society. You get the idea? So the positive ways or vehicles that we can use to contribute are are infinite and they're and they're not hard to figure out. I mean we can help others very directly by being of service in some way or by contributing financially. Um, you know, it could be building houses for humanity or giving your neighbor a hand. It could be giving to others, um, like in the form of community service, making a charitable donation, planting trees. You could be writing books that have a positive impact on people, be giving to your children. In fact, I think that one of the greatest contributions that we can make as parents or if we're going to be parents is raising conscientious productive, contributing members of society. 
Now, there is another less obvious way that I'm going to bring up, um, but I'm going to ask my producer, TJ, his thoughts and, uh, and see what he thinks so far. TJ, my friend, how are you today? I'm great, and you're speaking my language, to be honest with you, because I think about these needs and contribution while I feel like a person needs to be loved and supported, like that, that love need may be paramount. But for me, I need contribution. I need to contribute just to get out of bed in the morning. Like I think about if I won the lottery, I think this is a lot of people's sort of fantasy and, and they think about it from time to time, especially when you know the jackpot gets up there to hundreds of millions of dollars. But they say, oh, how great would it be to take that check, cash it and never have to work again? But what are you going to do? And, and right. I promise you, before too long, vacationing, buying stuff, just having a, a mass amount of things that you're interested into, if you're not doing something, maybe not even necessarily for someone else, if you're not even doing something for yourself in terms of creating or, in a way, con uh, contributing you know, to, to people around you, you're, mm -hmm. you're going to find that you lose a sense of yourself, like... Uh, today's the first day of school. I dropped my son off at uh, school today. Uh, I remember when I was in summer vacation, like the first month and a half was awesome. But the final few weeks, I had nothing mm -hmm. to do. I, I really started <laughs> to, and, and I'm a person who likes to settle into a routine. Um, but I think about this, you know, from, from as a, a child, I felt that way. If I wasn't doing anything, wasn't contributing in, in some manner to the people around me, it, it was uh, affecting me. But then I think about people too, how many people have you heard, Lori, that retire and pass away within a year or two of retiring? Mm -hmm. It happens all the time. All the time. Exactly. And to your point about um, people that win the lottery, uh, the, the same thing happens um, in, a, in a bit of a different way. But, yeah, when you when you take all of this windfall and you don't think about um, how you can you have to change your whole consciousness about money when you have something like that that comes to you that you haven't had before. Right. And contribution is a big part of that. You know, I think I forget what the exact statistic is, but it's like over 70 percent of lottery winners. Yeah. Um, um, absolutely lose everything and end up in the same or the worse or a worse position than they were in before they won and, and because part, they haven't handled it right. Right. And part of me feels, Lori, that those people that are doing that, they're, they're overcompensating in ways to try to make them feel what they felt before. And that was because they were probably working. I mean, there, there is a sense of, I mean, it's also too, like when you give to charity, you know, we're talking about like supporting people financially, um, you, you feel better about yourself when you do it. So when you do give to charity, who is it really helping? Like, yes, the people that get the money, it's fantastic. But I feel like the people that are being charitable, it's more than them just doing it to like feel something for someone else. It's, it's, it's selfish in a way that sounds counterintuitive to what I'm talking about, but like you do get a satisfaction out of, giving things away and, and helping people. And I think about this, I was talking to my buddy, his parents are, are very well to do and, and he is also doing very well. And he was, you know, re uh, redoing his home and he needed a new roof and his dad demanded that he pay for a roof. And he's like, why I have money. It's fine. 
And, and literally his father was like, I do nothing for you anymore. I don't get to hold your hand. I don't bring you to the park like I did when you were a little kid. We don't go on family vacations. I know you don't need the money, but I have excess money, and I want to have the satisfaction of knowing I contributed to you in your life. And like, right. that's crazy, but it's not crazy because I totally understand it. Yeah, yeah. Contribution is something, in that, and that's why um, those two things, growth and contribution, are considered really the um, the needs of the soul or the spirit because it's very it's a right. natural thing it's inherent in us to want to do that yep. and, and one thing yeah. too on that that I've always thought about and, and my father raised me from a young age to uh, sort of think about this and it's it's along the lines of contribution but it's how do you want to make an impact and when you're not around anymore whether it's you move away you pass on you don't work somewhere anymore what sort of legacy do you want to leave behind at your time in any sort of situation? And I think about that all the time, Lori. Like, how will I be perceived when I'm no longer here? And I always want to be remembered as making, you know, wherever I was a better place and the people around me, making them feel like we did good work together or that I was a nice guy yeah. and would, you know, make, make their yeah. situations better. Yeah. Somehow, somehow in whatever way it, it shows up, the idea is that you had some sort of positive effect on the people or the environment or, you know, something around you. You made it feel better. You made it better in some sense. And that's I mean, there isn't it. There is just not a better feeling. I know for myself and obviously from what you just said that uh, there's just not a better feeling than being able to in any way, no matter how small make somebody's life a little bit better, a little bit easier, um, just to be able to give and contribute. And, um, you know, that's what is exciting about getting up every day. How do I get to help fill in the blank? Right. Charity and generosity. I've said this time and time again, while it's a very noble thing to do, there are a lot of selfish reasons to do all of that. And uh, I think that's good because they say it's better to give than to receive. And I think that there are times in your life where that is most definitely the case. Yeah, and it, it it is selfish, but it's a healthy selfishness, right? Right. right. Yeah. No. It's, it's yeah. It's 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 the it's the best sort of selfishness on the planet. Because everybody's winning. Right. You, there's, 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 you know, there are no losers. Right. You help someone out that was in a worse situation prior to you coming along, and then you get to go home and go. You know what? I I did something. I helped impact the world in a positive way. And I mean, how yeah. many times do we do things where we, you know. Just, I'm not saying that you have to do this to be a good person, but how many times do we just throw away money on something that we don't even really enjoy? You know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. like maybe maybe you, next time around the holidays you put that money for a cup of uh, Starbucks in in the red jar. You know, like right. makes me feel right. better. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I think there's just sort of this. I don't know. Maybe it's a spiritual law. Maybe it's just right. BS. I don't know. But I think there's some sort of a law of of reciprocity out there. And right. so, you know, when you're, when you're giving and contributing, yeah. um, you know, somebody else is receiving I, and I'm a huge believer know, in karma too. You know what I mean? Like what goes around yeah. comes around. And if you, if you lead by example, I think that sometimes maybe, it, you know, it comes back around to you. This is a very weird story and you might think I'm crazy, but I, I like to tell it all the time when I explain about karma. I remember, uh, duck hunting when I was about 13, 14 years old and right next to our duck blind, someone had laid a trap down and a, uh, raccoon had gotten stuck in it. And 
it was it was still very much alive, but it was whining. It was howling. Um, my dad said, hey, why don't you go over there and put it out of its misery? And I was like, okay, fine. That's the noble thing to do. Let's do that. I went over there, and I went to go shoot it, and I brought my shotgun up to my shoulder, looked down the side at it, and was like, this thing is fine if we can just get its leg out. So mm-hmm. I went back to my dad. We got the oars and uh, oars from our boat, and we managed to pry this raccoon's leg out of this trap, and it went on along its way. And the next spring, we found an abandoned raccoon in our front yard. It was abandoned by its mother. It wasn't healthy, um, but we mm-hmm. nursed it back to health. And I kind of felt like, what if this raccoon belonged to the one that was trapped? And I mm-hmm. I'd killed it that day because we weren't that far from the house. Would, uh-huh. would, would this situation have happened? And we were at a time in our lives where it was, it was very hard. My dad was terminally ill. Um, and this raccoon gave us kind of motivation to get through hard times. And it lived with us for nine months. It went into heat, went crazy, and we let it go. And it, we never saw it again. <laughs> but the bottom line is that raccoon meant so much to my family. And I kind of right. thought like, huh, I wonder if it was related to the raccoon that we didn't so- kill. Yeah, who knows? I mean, you you kind of you saved that raccoon, you know, many months before, and then that rat, then this one shows up and contributed to uh, right. some emotional well-being to your family at a time when you needed it. I mean, m- maybe it has nothing to do with one another, but if you choose to look at things certain ways, uh, I think that's one you smile about. Well, it is, and really, it it doesn't even matter if it's really related or not. Right. All that matters is how it makes you feel, and right. if it's making you feel good, then that's the bottom line. That's all that counts. One of my favorite animals I ever had, Lori, just a fantastic pet, and then you know nature took its course and made it into a wild animal again, and you know we had to <laughs> let it go. But it, it was awesome. Yeah. I, I recommend anybody that can have a pet raccoon uh, to to do that because it was great. At least for just a few months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, young. no. Once, once spring comes around the next year, like, you got to let it go because it wants to make okay. babies. It, <laughs> let it go do its thing. Yes. And and then that that's your contribution. Okay. Right, exactly. Life goes on, right? Yep. Yeah. So so uh, the obvious ways of contributing are, are you know, the, all the ways that we've talked about. You can you can tithe and you can, you know, you can contribute your, your time. And th- those are really obvious. Um there are, you know, I was thinking about this recently because of a couple situations, scenarios that I had go on. And, um, and I was thinking really deeply about this. And I came up with these are actually, to me, indirect ways of contributing. And it's really, it's really very energetically. And I think the easiest way to explain what I'm talking about is with a couple of examples. So the first one is, uh, this was, this happened to me right before we left, um, Cody, Wyoming and moved out to Stanford, Connecticut. So it was about a month ago or so. And, uh, it's not an unusual situation. It was, it was in the morning and I was driving. I had run in early to do some sort of an errand and I'm on my way back to my house and it's Cody, Wyoming. So, you know, it's not like there's a lot of traffic. It, there's just not ever. And I'm in, um, I'm going to make a left turn. So I move into that, you know, center lane between the oncoming traffic and, and the way I'm going to put on my signal and wait to turn left. 
And it's that center lane where, you know, either way uses it. Well, apparently there was a there was a woman that was coming from the opposite way. And she also wanted to be in that in the same center lane to make her left turn. But I was there first. And so, you know, she needed to pass me and then move into the lane to do her left turn. Well, I guess, you know, she was not happy about that. So she gave me a horrible look and she flipped me off. <laughs> so as you know, we've all been there. We, it's happened to all of us. And we've probably been that person that's done that in the past at some point. Um, I, I, but I'm, but I'm sitting there in my truck and I'm like, I'm like, wow, that person is really angry. Oh, we could do a whole <laughs> podcast about how sitting behind the wheel turns like the most uh, right. quiet and reserved yeah. people into like ninjas who want to fight at any moment. Exactly, exactly. So, okay, so the point is, um, I was like in a, an amazing mood. I mean, I had been up early, I had my coffee, I did my my meditating, I was grounded, and I was ready to tackle my day, you know, it, with just bells on. And then, you know, this horrible, um, just grouchy woman flips me off and is just like negativity is reeking, you know, from her pores. And she's just like, you know, Cruella DeVille cruising down the road. And, um, I was like, well, that's interesting. And I just kind of laughed because I thought, well, that poor woman is miserable. Um, I just, I just laughed it off because it didn't, it didn't phase me at all. I mean, I wasn't doing anything wrong and I was just going my merry way and it was all good. She couldn't shake me. I, I didn't respond. I didn't react. I did react. Actually, I laughed. Um, and I just went on my way. Okay. So cut to, cut to, I'm here now in Stamford, Connecticut, and, um, we're new to the area and we're literally couldn't be more opposite from Cody, Wyoming. So I'm in high country desert, you know, where you can see into the next state. Right. And I'm now I'm in the city, um, where you can't see it, 10 feet in front of you without, you know, worrying no, about getting hit by buildings. a car. Right. Yeah. Just buildings and cars right. and yeah. And, and apartment buildings and, you know, office buildings. So, um, out kind of just walking the dog cause now she has to be on a leash. And so we're getting to know the area and I'm walking around the block here and just, just getting to know the area. And we go to cut through, um, like on this little sidewalk that was part of this, I guess, little apartment building it was between two buildings. And I was like, OK, let's cut through here to the next street over. So as I'm sort of meandering around there, letting my dog sniff around this 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 old lady with her walker. She was she, well, OK. She was an elder. So an elder is is shuffling down the sidewalk in front of the building. And um, she looks over at me and and she proceeds to um, tell me that I cannot be there. I'm on private property. That is not a place. My dog and me are just really not welcome there. I need to get off. It's not a cut through. And she reads me the riot act as she's standing there hunched over her her walker. And and I and I looked at her and my dog's looking at her. We're just standing there and. Uh, I, I thought for a second and I was like, Oh, bless her heart. So I said, well, thank you for telling me the rules. And, uh, she proceeded to, you know, shuffle on her not so merry way. Um, and Nikki and I, Nikki, my dog and I just kind of chuckled and, you know, we, we got off the property and, you know, went, went on our way. So I'm thinking about these two incidences here and, 
and the point is in the first one, you know, I, I feel like in a way I contributed indirectly to this, to this whole situation that could oh, have yeah. been just a nasty exchange by not contributing. Yep. Um, you know, I, I was, I, I, I was just wanting to, um, be, you know what, it's all, let's just all get along. It's right. all good. You know, so, you know, you know to me can, too, and, and maybe, maybe this is also a way of, of the people before you contributing in a negative way. I feel like the reaction that you got, especially from the elderly woman in the walker, was because of the people in the past that were probably rude to her. I mean, this probably wasn't the first time she said that. What was the first time like? Did she come out and say, hello, excuse me, I just wanted to let you know you're on private property and you shouldn't be coming through here. And how did that other person react? Because I feel like the sort of wrath that you got from that woman basically was programmed into her for people that had done it in the past and probably weren't very sweet about it. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, she's obviously she's been around a while. She's got a whole history that I know nothing about. So, you know, for her, um, this lady needs to feel um, important, I think. And whatever that past was and her experiences have contributed to her needs right now. So by her sort of policing the property and kicking off intruders, she could feel like she was important and she was contributing by protecting the boundaries and the well-being of the property and the inhabitants of that building. She also so, may be contributing to someone else's bad day if she's always that mean, though. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. But for me, this was all about me and her in the moment. So I'm thinking, you know, my contribution then was really indirectly for her personally, because I said, thank you for letting me know the rules. So I gave her the satisfaction of doing her like self-appointed right, yeah, job, yeah. you know, giving her a reason to feel important, to feel of value through her contribution of enforcing yeah. the rules. I mean, little do we know, maybe this woman, and we talk about like sense of purpose, maybe this little thing that she does is what sort of motivates her to get out of bed. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. So I kind of thought about this and I thought I actually felt really good about it. I went, you know, smiling with my dog down the sidewalk and I'm smiling because I thought I think I just contributed to that lady feeling like she has a purpose because she contributed to in her idea, you know, the well-being hey. of, of her building. It takes right. it, t it takes two to tango. You know what I mean? Like it, it does. E even if you're in the wrong uh, you can still think about it in a positive way where it's like, well, hey, if I didn't do this, maybe that woman feels like she didn't accomplish anything today. You know, who knows? And here's the other thing. I asked myself, how did she contribute to me? And you know what I, I came up with? I received the gift of yet another opportunity to master my own emotions. So my peace of mind in both incidences with the driver that flipped me off and with the, you know, the elder who told me off, my, my peace of mind remained undisturbed. And therefore, I make progress oh. in mastering myself. This is why I love you, Lori. You're so optimistic. I mean, you turn anything into, oh, this was an opportunity for me to grow and be a better yep. person. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, while I love it, I also find it super annoying on a Monday where I might be a little <laughs> bit stressed. But that's good, though. I mean, you're teaching me, hey, be more like Lori. Find how this mess of a, you know, situation can, you know, contribute to the way that you handle something like this in the future. 
It, it's true. By the way, I love Mondays, TJ. <laughs> have I ever told you, you that? You have, which again, it makes me love and despise you all at the same time. <laughs> Let's see. How are you contributing to me right now? I am having a great time. I'm laughing. <laughs> hey, you know, so, that's what I'm here bringing for. me much joy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully we're bringing the listeners much joy as well. I think so. I think so. So essentially, you guys, the moral of my stories is that I did not allow somebody else's state of mind in, in these two people in particular. I did not allow their state of mind and how they were expressing it to pull me into their energetic current of negativity or even being kind of a tacky. Right. In both in both incidents, I maintained get this, this is super clever, I maintained my peace of mind even as they were giving me a piece of theirs. How do you like that? I, I love it, and I think that you're also uh, so incredibly cheesy and optimistic that <laughs> it's going to drive someone crazy, but it's but it's true. I, I think, you know, it's it's life is a world of different shades of lenses that we can see it in, and the way that you're describing it and uh, making, you know, cute little puns. It's true. That's the way that it should be. We really should be. I mean, uh, none of us plan on dying here tomorrow. You know what I mean? So if we're going to make it to the end of this journey, we may as well do it in the most positive manner and feel good about things. And uh, the only way that's going to happen is if we take these situations and, you know, better ourselves from them. Well, I think it's true. I, I have the belief that everybody you meet, everyone you meet, come into contact with or have an interaction with brings a gift. And it's just whether or not you can see it. Right. And sometimes it's really disguised. Hey. <laughs> and, and it takes some thought to see the gift. And but I, I also think there's terrible. a butterfly effect with all of those uh, instances yeah. as well. In the sense that, hey, you know, I had an interaction with this person. Maybe they held me up 25 seconds. Maybe that saves me from getting T-bone going through an intersection, you know, later on today. Exactly. So it's, like, it's, it's, you know, just just take everything in a positive manner and you'll come out the other side better for it. I promise. Absolutely. Oh, see, you're sounding pretty optimistic there yourself. Hey, today. it's contagious. See, wearing, you know, yeah, like I'm rubbing off on you. a lot of people will have a bad mood and then all of a sudden the people around them, they start to find themselves in a bad mood. But if you just Lori Bischoff your way through it, everybody's <laughs> happy. Right. We just want everybody to be happy. Right. 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 Uh, so, so I will leave you guys with this today. It, it doesn't matter if your contribution is planning your kids' fall festival at school or volunteering your time to an organization that helps people or animals in need or, or donating money. Just contribute to what it is that calls you. And if you contribute or tithe, for example, because you feel obligated and your heart isn't into it, you might still feel unfulfilled and your need to contribute won't really feel satisfied. In fact, you might actually feel resentment. So it's just, remember, it, it's not about the obligatory task of contributing. It's about how you feel about giving. And that giving can take a lot of different, um, take on a lot of different, you know, masks, if you will. It, you can, you, it can show up it's in a countless ways. Just find the way that's right for you. Contribute to the things that give you feelings of joy. That is a positive, soul-satisfying way of fulfilling the important need of contribution. And I also invite you to give consideration to how you can contribute from an energetic angle. 
So strive to maintain your peace of mind when others are flinging a piece of their mind at you or at anybody. Not taking anything personally and maintaining our peace of mind is a way that we can manage the energetic current that's flowing. And when you abstain from joining in the flow of that negative energy current, then you really are contributing energetically to cultivating an environment of peace and harmony. It's true. Everything is energy. We're all energy. We can all feel it when somebody's got a strong energy that you're around. It's it's there. And I think most of us on some level know that. So let's just try to contribute energetically as much as we can, cultivate some harmony, because really, isn't that what we all want? And that, my friends, is my contribution for today. So thank you, TJ, for contributing your take. <laughs> and, uh, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope that you love what you heard today. And uh, hey, make sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe to We're Talking Shift, if you haven't. And uh, please, shoot me your comments. I really do enjoy reading them. And uh, let me know what kinds of shifts that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show. And it would mean a lot to me if you would take just a second, give me a rating. I will be happy to help you make some shift happen in your life. So to find out what private coaching with me is all about, head on over to lauribischoff.com or we're talking shift.com. And you can also easily find me on all of the social media platforms. Thank you for listening, everybody. Until we meet again, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.